crisis over crisis as we ride through a global pandemic. Here we are getting into another level of crisis. The whole world is going through financial, political, social and climate crisis. Now, how this can have an impact on us? How it can impact our emotions which drives our behaviors? We need all of our emotions for thinking, problem solving, focus attention and for many more. We are neurobiologically wired and learn everything and our mind must be focused and our emotions need to feel in balance. Have you ever reflected on what feeling your success relies on or what feeling we all need to be felt to become successful amid this crisis? Hi, this is Azim Said, a human capital specialist. I want to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people to live a meaningful life and pursue your passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 6. I give a late look back at the lives and businesses of today's most important element with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you all know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. So, sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. Compassion can be defined as a sensitivity to suffering in selves and others with commitment to try to alleviate and prevent it. We can experience compassion in different ways. We can feel compassion for other people. We can experience compassion from others. And there's also compassion we can direct towards ourselves. The question is, how do compassionate leaders behave? What does it mean to be a compassionate leader? A very warm welcome to the show, EI Cafe with Azim Season 6. And I'm your host, Azim Said, a human capital specialist, a Lego Series Play facilitator, ICF certified coach, emotional intelligence and emotional culture deck practitioner. Here we're again for another exciting, interesting episode, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. You heard what my introduction about, talking about compassion, compassion, compassion. I think this is the most spoken word throughout the world at this juncture. So what does it mean to be a compassionate leader? To have this conversation, I have a very interesting individual who is a fellow elephant rider, a master, 
right? Um, let me introduce him. He's an executive coach, a mentor, uh, an author, and the founder and director of Compassionate Leadership Company, uh, a coaching culture and leadership development company which specializes in helping organizations and their leaders to inspire, build, and sustain a more compassionate workplace where everyone can stay well, thrive, and achieve. He was awarded top 40 organizational culture champion in 2022 for his wonderful, amazing work he does. Let me introduce Stephen Hargreaves, founder and managing director of the company, the Compassionate Leadership Company. <laughs> Stephen, welcome to EI Cafe. Well, my goodness, what a wonderful <laughs> welcome. Um, it was so lovely to hear so much spoken about compassion um, and your very kind introduction and then a round of applause. I mean, this is a wonderful way to start my afternoon and podcast. So I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. So it's, it's an honour and pleasure to have you on, on board, uh, Stephen. Um, I have seen a lot of work you do and I've gone through your uh, book a little bit, not I've completed yet. Um, the Compassionate Playbook. No, one of the key reasons we, we, I want to pick up this topic, um, we do talk about compassion a lot, especially after the pandemic. We have been talking about empathy, we have been talking about compassion. Um, everybody was talking about compassionate leadership, but the question is, how do we take that path, is the question. So with that note, let me ask the you know, first question towards you. How would you describe a compassionate leader? What what is your thought and opinion, Stephen? So I think compassionate leadership for me is a term that we use and I use to describe an approach to leadership and a philosophy mm. that places a high level of importance on the alleviation of suffering and on the centrality of relationships and the role relationships have in enabling people to get work done successfully mm. and effectively, but ensuring that they can thrive and stay well in the process. Mm. And the compassionate leader recognizes that uh, their main role, their main purpose, if you like, Azim, is to create the working conditions for people to do their best work. I mean, I think for me, that's a central, core to what leadership is to create the working conditions where people can do their best work to perform to thrive to stay well and compassionate leaders um, want to take meaningful thoughtful and positive action to help that become a reality um, and the compassionate leader actively demonstrates care to others they role model compassion and encourage and nurture a culture of compassion across the teams that they lead and the wider organization um, and the reason that they do that is because they believe business success is more likely to be achieved when we focus on connectivity and when we focus on relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so the compassionate leadership, uh, compassionate leadership leader spends more time managing relationships mm -hmm. than they do managing performance in that traditional sense of the word. Um, they recognize that by creating an inspiring um, and nurturing a working environment, underpinned by clear communication, respect, empathy, mm. trust, and fairness, mm. that people will be enabled and empowered to mm. do their best and be their best. So they believe a climate of compassion is one of the foundations to a productive, high-performance mm. environment. How does that sound to you, Azim? 
Now, it, it, it does sound great. Uh, I, I want to re really uh, know, check with you, Stephen. Now, didn't we have this 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when the leader showcasing the same thing, what you were just saying now, why are we talking this more at this particular juncture? This is my question. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question. Of course, compassionate leadership um, isn't new and we can call it many different things. I think compassion um, is a term very much used at the moment and one I feel very, very passionate about. I think because particularly through, through COVID and in recent years, I think on the one hand, we've realised the benefits that come with um, receiving and giving kindness and care um, and empathy. I think we've experienced some of that. We've also experienced what it's like to be uh, to, to not receive care, to not be listened to, to not receive empathy um, in our lives and in our work. So I think it's come more to the fore, particularly over the last couple of years. But I think the research around it um, has been substantial for, for, for a great deal of time, that we tend to perform better in work, we tend to be uh, more engaged in work, we tend to feel more fulfilled and purposeful mm. when we experience a climate of uh, kindness and care. Um, so I think at the moment, you know, how we want to spend our time, our relationship with work, mm. how we want to um, experience the world around us has shifted. And I think kindness, care, and compassion is center stage at the moment. Wow, fantastic. So um, with that, Stephen, I want to ask you, like, what sort of a characteristic we are looking at as a behavior which enforce a compassionate leader? What would be that? Yeah, so, so in my book, I, I outline a framework uh, which identifies the values, the qualities, and the competencies that I believe are required of leaders um, to build and sustain a more compassionate workplace. So for me, um, these are really core um, and they're based on the research, they're based on evidence, they're based on my own experience of 20 years in leadership. Um, and I'll, I'll go through them briefly. So there, there are eight dimensions to this framework, which I suppose are the foundations to living and working with compassion. So the first thing, and most importantly, is self-compassion. Mm. This is the core of compassionate leadership. You know, leaders need to be able to take care of themselves before they can ad adequately support and care for others. Um, because we, we, we want to ensure that we can, we can work with compassion and lead with compassion, but we want to ensure that's not a detriment to our own health and well-being. Mm -hmm. so, so compassionate leaders need to demonstrate proactive self-care to build and protect their own well-being and resilience. So self-compassion is hugely important. Um, the second dimension I've called attention, and this is around leaders developing an enhanced awareness about themselves and the impact their behavior has on others. So this is about leaders becoming more aware of how they show up, how mm. they are present, how they mm. are personal and how they are purposeful. Mm. This is the awareness piece. You know, am I aware and am I conscious about who I am, how I am um, and how I'm leading? Mm. The third dimension is humility. So this is about leaders acknowledging and managing their own ego, demonstrating enhanced gratitude, a lack of arrogance, and having a positive, but I suppose a modest view of themselves. Mm. And it's about leaders acknowledging when they might be wrong, when they've made a mistake, mm. and to take personal accountability when necessary. So humility is really important. And then we have fairness, 
This is about leaders demonstrating a non-judgmental approach, treating everybody in a just manner. Then we have respect. This is about leaders having a fundamental regard to the feelings, wishing, wishes and rights of other people. Um, integrity. Again, leaders role modeling um, behaviors of integrity, understanding the importance of their personal behavior in creating trust and psychological safety. And then last, the last two are empathy. This is about leaders listening, hearing and responding to others with good intent and meaningful action. Um, and the last one, and hugely importantly, is even courage. And I describe courage, this is about leaders doing the right thing at the right time in the right way, even when it's hard, <laughs> even when it's hard to do so. Because, you know, when we are courageous, we are vulnerable. They are two sides of the same coin. We can't be yeah. one without the other. But courageous leadership is hugely important. So that framework, those dimensions um, are an accountability structure to ensure that leaders and their teams and I suppose the wider organization working in a way to honor and protect those values. And I think it's a solid foundation to leading with compassion. The important thing with compassionate leadership is that the compassionate leader is focused on taking action. Compassionate leadership is not a hug and hope approach. Yeah. You know, it, it is about taking meaningful action to prevent, alleviate or mitigate suffering. And leaders have a huge influence um in what they do and how they do it um so yeah that would be my hopefully relatively concise summary azim i don't know how concise i was i tried <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so Stephen, you know i heard about emotional intelligence you're talking now what do you, what do you think is that a connection i hope there is a connection because you talked about self-care self-care has been you know i i always believe you need to be self-care for example like when we fly uh, when you're flying in an airplane, the, the attendants, right? So she always says, when the oxygen mask comes first, you wear it, wear it first, then you look after the other. That, that's the best example I always give in terms of self-care, right? I have no yeah. doubt. So when you talk about attention, you talked about empathy, emotional intelligence does play a crucial role in compassion leadership, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if we were to draw a circle around all of those dimensions, we could put emotional intelligence as the connector all so through all of those awareness and emotional intelligence mm. because you know we need to be aware about um our, our own sense of self you know what triggers us mm. you know what what leads us to have high energy low energy what mm. are the emotional and psychological triggers we experience in life and are we mm. present and aware enough to regulate our responses mm. to those triggers are mm. we aware of the impact of our behavior on other mm. people mm. you know you know these things are hugely important because you know if if leaders are to focus their time managing relationships this stuff is really important you know and 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 the workplace isn't isn't counseling and therapy. We're not asking leaders to be counselors and therapists. Yeah. What we are asking leaders to be is humane. What we're asking them to do is show up as human beings mm. and to lead in a human centered way. Mm. That requires awareness and understanding about ourselves as well as understanding about others. It's absolutely essential in my, in my view, is it? Fantastic. So Stephen, you said show up, which, which really, really picked, picked me up something, right? So why leading with compassion is important? Why leaders need to show up with compassion? What, what do you think? Because there's too much suffering in the workplace. 
<laughs> there's too much suffering in the workplace yeah. um and and leaders when they lead with enhanced compassion can do something about that mm. they can take compassionate action and have a positive impact on those people around them and i mm. deliberately use the word suffering and i know that can be contentious um, but I've worked in organisations for many years and now as an external consultant and I've worked as a mediator and I've worked to help resolve organisational conflict. And the reality mm. is people suffer in the workplace. Mm. Now, the workplace can be the cause of the suffering or the place people bring their own suffering to. And when I talk about suffering in the workplace, I mean everything ranging from um, inappropriate comments and banter um, when our leader is not clear about goals and outcomes, when there's poor and inconsistent communication, when people don't listen enough, when people feel left out, when they're treated unfairly, if they feel like they're not seen um, and valued, um, all the way through to you know um, what might be uh, persistent offensive abuse, discriminatory, intimidating, malicious and insulting behaviours, bullying behaviours, all of these cause suffering to varying extents. And of course, they can lead to anxiety, disengagement, withdrawal, resentment, mm. anger, frustration, conflict, ill health, stress, burnout. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody is suffering in the workplace all of the time. Mm. But, our, but the fact is, we do, and we have experienced suffering to a different extent. Mm. So lead, leaders can take action to help alleviate and present, prevent some of that suffering. And they certainly shouldn't be the cause of it, mm. <laughs> you know, because when they do alleviate suffering, they will have a demonstrable impact on people's productivity, performance and mm. engagement. And, mm. and, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. There is a huge amount of research which supports and evidences the power mm. of enhanced mm. compassion, empathy mm. and mm. kindness mm. Um, and the impact it has on business results. Let's be really clear. This has an impact on the bottom line. You know, and the evidence and the research shows us that compassion fuels competitive advantage, it improves employee well-being, it increases productivity and reduces costs to the business. And employees tell us that when they feel cared for, they report higher levels of well-being, engagement mm. and commitment. Mm. And the other really important thing is compassion drives compassion. It's contagious. Mm. You know, we can catch it. Right. You know, Azim, if, if I experience enhanced compassion from you or I observe you, um, demonstrating kindness and care to others, I am much more likely to demonstrate it to other people in turn. Mm. So it's contagious. So I suppose, and I'm aware, I'm aware that this may not be a, um, uh, the right thing to say, but in terms of we've all been through COVID um, and a virus. So I suppose the question is, what type of virus do we want to be? I want to see a virus of compassion because it's you know when we see and experience it. We catch it, we pass it on, and that's mm. a wonderful thing. Mm. So compassion reduces employee turnover and absences, and it helps us build enhanced relationships at work, and it helps us enhance trust and psychological safety. You know, the research backs that up. Mm. And fundamentally, compassion matters because it impacts on how people think and how they feel. feel. And that impacts on their well-being, their behaviour, mm. their engagement, and their productivity. Absolutely. Agree two hundred percent. How you feel? Well, that's good news. I mean, feel free to challenge, but that's good news, see. <laughs> Absolutely, right. The, the way you feel will make you perform, right? That's the whole equation. It it, it comes in the yeah. behaviors and the performance. But here's my question, Stephen, for you. I do understand compassion is important, but 
there might be people who can really, really, really take advantage of your compassion. How do you treat that? How do you manage that? Yes, I, well, I think there's something around uh, self-compassion is important as well. There is something about having clear boundaries because mm -hmm. if we are to lead with uh, compassion, it doesn't mean that we are a soft touch. It doesn't mean that we are going to be easy to manipulate because the other side of compassion is compassion can be fierce. Mm. You know, there is a term fierce compassion and part of compassion is candor. So part of compassion is if we use maybe ourselves as an example, Azim, you know, I care enough about you, Azim, to call you out if I feel your behavior is unkind or out mm. of character, mm. you know, if I care enough about you, I'm going to want to challenge you on your mm. behavior. Mm. Um, and that's part of being compassionate as well, that I need to stand up for injustice, mm. you know, not to be a bystander when there is discrimination or unfair yeah. treatment. And I may have to call you out quite directly on your behavior. I may mm. have to have a difficult conversation with you. Mm. I may have to recognize that maybe um, you're trying to manipulate me um, or, you know, but I suppose what's really important here is compassion. Part of compassion is candor, but I call that candor with care. Mm. My conversation with you, Azim, is not to demean or diminish you or make you feel less than, you know, my conversation is because I want you to be the best you can be. I want you mm. um, to be well. I want you to do better. So I want to have that conversation with you in a prompt and direct way mm. to help that happen. Mm. So candor, candor and directness, are hugely important parts of compassion as well. Because if I care enough about you, I'm going to want to deal with that difficult issue that's between Absolutely. us, aren't I? Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for answering that. Um, here, here, I think this is something like me and you always be believing talking about. You did talk about the environment of the organization. You talk about the culture of the workplace. How does emotional culture matters in terms of compassion leadership? Who drives it? Is it culture drive compassion leader or compassion leader need to drive the emotional culture in the workplace? Well, that's a really interesting question. My view on culture is we have to be intentional about creating and developing the culture we want to see. Mm. I'm, I, I don't believe that, that culture will just happen if we leave things to it. Mm. You know, there might be ways of working that develop. But I think, you know, we, you know, we need to be intentional about uh, crafting um, the culture we want to uh, contribute to and benefit from. Mm. So um, I think we have to be quite intentional and as leaders about role modeling the behaviors we wish to see. So I think we we are guiding and directing um, large aspects of our culture. Um, and um, I think from a compassionate perspective, um, and I suppose from an emotional culture perspective, what the compassionate leader doesn't want to do is suppress the fact that people have emotions and feelings. Yeah. You know, if we can create a culture which uh, accepts, acknowledges it and accepts that people are, um, as well as being practical and pragmatic and logical, they are also full of emotions and feelings and that those things influence uh, how people feel, think, behave, and their physical state. Mm. If we can acknowledge that and not be fearful about it, mm. then we can more easily empower people to bring their whole self to work, which is not a term I particularly like, mm. um, um, but I, I know what that, what that tends to mean. I want to feel that I don't have to wear my work mask too deeply. 
if we have a whole organization where everybody is suppressing their feelings and suppressing their authenticity, um, then we have to question um, how positive and healthy our relationships are going to be within that. Now, mm. we might all have a bit of a work mask at times, yeah. but I want to wear that mask lightly and I mm. don't want it to be fixed and I don't want it to be too thick. Mm. And I want to feel that I can wear it lightly and I can reveal parts of me um, when I feel it's appropriate and comfortable to do that. Mm. If I and others are wearing our masks in such a fixed way and they're so thick, how on earth is anybody ever going to peel the layers back to get to me? Yeah. Um, so I think it's important that we are known and seen as the human beings that we are, mm. recognising that, yeah, we might all bring a certain mask into work, but I think we need to hold it lightly. So I think the compassionate leader recognises people as human beings and values and celebrates that and wants to ensure that people feel they can reveal some of themselves. Fantastic. I love the metaphor and the analogy of the mask. Uh, that's that's truly timely one. It's really important that we know which mask to wear, which place and how much of thickness, as you said, it's, it's really important. Thank you, Stephen, for bringing that note. Um, he, here's my next question. We, we talked about what is compassion leadership, why it's important. What sort of a practical steps? Now, these things might be this leaders or the managers might be practicing it. Sometimes they would not know this is part of compassion, but let's make it clear, right? Um, what are the practical steps leaders can take to get into this pathway? I'll ask that in two points. So the, the first thing I think about is building a sense of personal awareness and emotional intelligence. So in the book, I've, this, well, I've developed what I've called the 360 degrees of compassion self-diagnostic. And it's in the book um, and it's a series of self-reflection exercises designed to help leaders build awareness about where they are mm. on their journey towards awakening and realizing their compassion potential mm. and helping them identify what steps they could take to enhance their compassionate leadership. So that's a good place to start mm. um, um, because that gives you a sense of where am I now? Um, and it enables you to think about what next steps you might like to take. And, you know, my background is an operational director, so I'm sort of practical and pragmatic. So I'm always asking the question, so what? So what, Steve? Compassionate leadership, so what? You know, how do I recognise it? How do yeah. I experience it? And how do I demonstrate it? So in the book, I've tried to focus um, it on being practical um, and pragmatic and have things that can help people bring this to light in their um, day-to-day leadership. And in addition, we can just ask ourselves some questions. You know, we can ask ourselves, can't we? How much time do we actually spend investing in the relationships mm. at work? And we can mm. ask ourselves that question. You know, what few steps could we take to do more? Could we listen more effectively? Mm. You know, could we maintain a greater sense of curiosity about our people? and seek to understand more about their motivations and their challenges. Could we take a bit more notice of our people? Could we be a bit more intentional about that? You know, when I see you at work, Azeem, um, although this is in the virtual space, could I just take a bit more time to notice you? Mm. you know, could I take more time to notice any changes in your behaviour? You know, could I approach you, you know, see if you want a space to talk about that? Um, I, I think the thing for me is this is not about taking necessarily taking great big steps. Mm. This is about particularly as leaders going, you know, how present and conscious and aware am I of yeah. how I'm showing up, mm. how I'm leading others mm. and how other people are? What mm. small steps can I do today? Can mm. I be a bit more curious? Can I listen more effectively? Mm. Can I ask some 
you know, more, can I ask some better questions? Mm. Can I give people a bit more of my space? Mm. But particularly ask ourselves the question, how much time do I spend investing in the relationships that are all around me? And if the answer to that question is not a great deal of time because I'm really busy and I've yeah. got all these other tasks to do, I, I get it. My question to, to you though is invest, my, my point would be investing in relationships mm. will help with mm. those other things but try and carve out a bit more room for investing in those relationships. So I don't want to be too simplistic about it, but I do want to encourage people to just look at small steps, which are practical. It might just be do a little bit more of what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it might, it might be do some self-reflection. It might be, you mm -hmm. know, just give people a little bit more time. I often say at the beginning of team meetings, the question is how do you run your team meetings? Mm -hmm. Is it agenda, 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 agenda? Is there room in there? You know, is there room in there for people to just, you know, talk a bit about how they're doing for us mm. to get to know each other a bit more? You know, we don't have to take huge steps, but what we do need to do is be conscious, present and aware of how we're spending our time and how we're nurturing and developing the relationships of people at work around us. Spot on. And I, I, I want to ask that question when you're done, but you, you really brought it up. One of the biggest challenges leaders have is they don't have time. You say yeah. they can have the conversation. We don't have time. We have back-to-back -back meetings. We are going through emails. We are meeting clients, and we don't have time. When is the time they have? Is the reviews, annual or semi-annual reviews? That's the time they sit with it. I think that's that's a bit too late. Too late for that particular moment. And and I really acknowledge that having that investing the time on a signature relationship with each and every one. I think that's the first thing to be done. And having that small casual conversations can lead many leap uh, ahead. Yeah, there's in the section of the book around attention, you know, the 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 challenge is, you know, leaders need to pay attention to what they're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Leaders need to pay attention to what they're paying attention to, because, of course, work is busy. Of course, life is busy. But sometimes we're not taking the time to stop and reflect and have the discipline mm -hmm. to go. Where am I putting my energy? Mm. what am I putting attention to yeah and is what I'm spending my time doing actually mm. leading to some of the better results so sometimes we have to be brave enough mm. as much as we can to take a pause from the busyness and question what are we paying attention to and is it the things that are going to bring us most value there are lots of resources and exercises to do in the book um, you know anybody uh, that buys the book gets free access to a hidden part of my website um, and they can download all of the resources, all of the exercises, all of the activities and mm. diagnostic tools for free, use them, share them around with other people. Um, but I think the point is here, we need to ask ourselves, you know, regularly, um, just questions about how we're doing and how we're leading, but make sure we ask those with, with compassion. We don't want to beat ourselves up, feel bad about mm. ourselves, feel mm. guilty and ashamed. If we don't like the answer to some of the questions, you know, let's just intentionally, positively and constructively see what small steps we can take to move things forward. But I would encourage people to take a mindful moment, take a pause, reflect on how they're spending their time, what they're giving their attention to. And to just, you know, with compassion, question ourselves on whether we're spending our time on the things that are going to give us most value. And my advice for anybody is the more time we can spend on nurturing and developing healthy, positive and constructive working relationships, the more those other things that you're busy on will, I'm confident, begin to reduce. Fantastic. So that, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the time that we have for today. Stephen has given a lot of input. Stephen, anything you want to add 
any other place i know your compassionate playbook can have fantastic insight any other place for more information our audience can really log on to or explore yeah yeah so i try to put um other bits of research and insight onto the website you can go onto that and uh, I, i have a regular newsletter which you can subscribe to but i that's not just about me and what I'm doing. I try to make sure that's also an opportunity mm. to access other people's thinking about compassion. There's also some fantastic organizations working in this space. And there's the Center for Compassionate Leadership. Um, and you could just Google the Center for Compassionate Leadership. There's great stuff there. Psychology Today is a great resource around mm. the research to support the business impact mm. of enhanced kindness and compassion. And the King's Fund in London is particularly um, strong on compassion in health and social care systems. So I would say there are three great organizations there to mm. bear in mind. Um, um, yeah, that would be my, my tip for the day. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, so that's the time that we have, ladies and gentlemen. My key takeaway is self-care. I'm going to take out that particular plant because it's how much we care ourselves, so much of care we can give to other people. So that's what I'm going to take. I hope our listeners got plenty of key takeaways today. Um, you can get on, uh, get connected to Steven, to his um, LinkedIn profile, and I'm inviting you to uh, drop into his website, www.thecompassionateleadership.company, and I'm going to give the link uh, for the website and for his uh, Compassion Leadership uh, Playbook uh, on my podcast notes. So just check out the podcast notes so you get all the links available. So ladies and gentlemen, that was Stephen, founder and managing director of the Compassion Leadership Company. Stephen, once again, thank you very much for your valuable time, checking in the cafe and spending your valuable knowledge uh, spreading across our audience. Thank you very much, Stephen. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, EI Cafe with Azim. We are sure, do hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me. If you haven't subscribed to the show, don't forget to subscribe to the show, which is available in all major podcast platforms, so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Please do rate, review, and leave a comment and share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day please do follow me on social media m azim sahir and do write to us what topic and from whom do you want to hear we will try to get them for you till i meet you on another episode checking out of the cafe my name is azim sahir <laughs>